0: The football pod on OTB Sports. I, I think they'll have too much. I didn't hear a word you said in the last forty-five seconds. Well, oh. breaking news here on the football pod. The football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app.
1: OTB AM with Gillette. Get into
2: your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar
3: the um the manchester united fans they they walk amongst us they they live and breathe amongst
0: us tommy rooney how's the air you're breathing i didn't think we'd we'll be talking manchester united this morning lads no, i wouldn't have a, come on uh, how are you tommy are you okay son uh, i i didn't like the little dig at hannibal there well, i actually thought that hannibal it? came on last night and actually showed
3: he's one of the 12 ha- puzzles
0: oh he was, he was and, great
3: giving the and, ball away for the for the fourth goal, wasn't he?
0: Superb. Roger, you, you did just admit that he didn't see it. He actually had a bit of bite about him. He left a bit on Henderson. I didn't see the post-match. Uh, I saw the game. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, you saw the actual... He left a bit Superb. on Henderson. I, I think that was what? good but, like we, did, and, uh, and how well did he do for the fourth goal, Tommy? Yeah, well, he messed up there, but he's only a kid, right? But, oh, but, it's but Man United! it's uh, It's Manchester uh, United
3: you can't take it out of your kids it's Manchester United
0: I've been in WhatsApp groups of Liverpool fans for a couple of years and you know for the first say seven or eight years ago when Rodgers was in charge they were very loud they were annoying both teams weren't great so you kind of just you might engage a bit then over the last couple of years the Liverpool fans kind of went quiet as you know they got close to winning and they won they were allowed to enjoy their win Last night a lot of Liverpool fans, you know, they tried to engage in a bit of crack, bit of fun. You were having another I don't game. think any I don't think any Manchester United fan was having it like it was like, Oh yeah, what do you what do you think it's gonna be? Five 0 six 0 Like there was no way no other way that game was going. And I think what Fernandez said after the game sums it all up and it's shocking. He said, Liverpool, Liverpool had something to fight for and we had nothing to fight for. How can you be a professional footballer and say that?
2: Yeah I don't know.
0: Yeah. Was it lost in translation?
2: No, that's, th- that so. stuck out to me as well, Tommy. That was definitely a sort of. Did yeah. he say Did he say the silent bit out loud there, Bruno Fernandes? I
3: mean, yeah, maybe a fourth to fight for.
2: Like, exactly. And exactly. it's also the biggest game in world football.
0: Never mind that, though, but you're fighting for, for pride to play against Liverpool. Exactly. Yeah,
3: 100%. Anyway. Pathetic. I'm delighted
0: for you, Tommy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I don't really care either, like, you
3: know. Well, you do. You see, that's the thing. It's, it's, not, like, like, it's ap- not like it's me. Apathy is the eighth stage of grief, isn't it? It's like, we no longer care about this. Yeah. I never I never loved you anyway. That's the post-grief, isn't it? That's it post-grief. This love that we had and that we shared and that you were, like, the most important thing in my life forever and ever and ever and ever, and ever that I dedicated everything to, that I knew everything about, that I, like, studied, that I literally spent 100,000 hours of my 120,000 hours of life thinking about mm. never mattered to me in the first
0: place. It's, it's yeah, just... Yeah, well, you see... It's the United fans that go to the games that I genuinely feel sorry for. Um, I waste my time watching them. That's a choice I make. Last night, I asked myself, okay, when is it acceptable to switch this off without telling anyone? But I didn't. I was like, I can't. For the lads that are still in the stadium, I've got to leave this game on. <laughs> so I sat watching it. Marker respect. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, imagine they at the stage of
2: grief. They're just like knocking over the <laughs> tombstone at the stage. It's just like I want this <laughs> to be. Unless it's horrible. a zombie,
3: that which is undead can never die. That's the the bit that we get to, where it's like, yeah, I don't know what that is. Anyway, Tommy, there's um, uh, important matters in in, in uh, you know more local issues. Yes, real uh, football. Yeah. So, yeah. Um,
0: what's the excitement level in the football pod like at the moment? Well, I was really excited, and I asked Paddy Andrews at the top, and Paddy was like, Meh. Uh, it was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a slow start. I actually I actually thought it was a pretty decent start to the championship weekend. Maybe that's because I was caught up in the hurling as well on Sunday. Um, I think it was a shame that, again, I'm not starting, oh, I am starting to be giving out. Did you watch any of Sligo New York live? It was class. I, I don't know if you saw any of it, like, but it was on GA Go. And it was two teams. We didn't know what to expect from New York, It was, but it was two teams at a fairly similar level. And I really think it was a, it was a good indicator. The Talchon Cup if the coverage is given to it, can actually be really good this summer. Um, because it was a cracking game of football. Uh, like, just brilliant. And it was a shame London Leacham wasn't shown, because that was dramatic as hell. I know there's a two-minute highlights package up, but it just doesn't give you the the sense that I got listening to it on Ocean FM. Um, cracking game of football. And then throwing from Anna on Saturday night, Gerrard. You know, we saw some bits and pieces from the All-Ireland Champions that would make you think that they're in an okay place. And then there were some moments and you were just like, how on earth did Tyrone win the All-Ireland last year? So.
3: Uh, yeah, there was definitely people in the aftermath that All-Ireland win saying this is a bad All-Ireland, Tyrone are not a good team or not a great team. And certainly we'll see. We'll see. It's early days. I do want to, there was big news overnight because um, in your preview, uh, mm-hmm. you were making the case that uh, the players returning for Donegal allied to the suspensions that Armagh have will make Donegal the overwhelming favourite in your view and certainly James of mm-hmm. view in the game against Armagh this weekend Donegal and Armagh two Division 1 teams who both believe that they can be the next Tyrone no doubts about it internally in that camp they both believe Tyrone did it last year there's no reason why we couldn't do it we could easily maybe just about squeak through against Kerry after extra time if um, if we pull some shenanigans in the build up to it uh, that's, they must be thinking that right? And then, one hundred percent. And then, overnight, the the pendulum swings rapidly back in favour of Armagh because all their players, who we thought weren't going to be able to play because of suspension, are back. Donegal didn't appeal their suspensions, so they're not getting off. They um, what is yeah. it joining in the melee, an extra man in. What's the what's what the it? what's the phrase that um, James who
0: was obsessed with? Oh, third man in—that's what Conor McKenna got sent off for the last time. Even mm. though I think technically he was the fourth man in, but yeah, There's something, 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 something.
3: Mali. What was the phrase? Well contributing to a Mali.
0: That's it. That's it. Yeah,
3: contributing mm. to a Mali, which is the um, buzzword de jour in yes. the in GA circle. So, Tommy, this is big news. The Armalads are all off.
0: Massive news, Jer. And it just highlights the state of the the disciplinary process in the GA. It's just—it's crazy. If you can get the right solicitor, if you can find the right loophole, and there are many loopholes. You can get away with it. Now, Donegal did not appeal the suspensions to Neil McGee and Orm McFadden-Ferry. McGee, obviously one of their most well-known defenders over the last decade, had been out injured for a lot of the league. But McFadden-Ferry has been one of the most important players. And Donegal are lacking defenders like him. Now, when they didn't appeal it, I was thinking, are they being cute here? Is that smart? Because one of the most obvious incidents in that row is, well, one of the two most obvious incidents is that Real O'Neill definitely sorts of throws a, a push or something. He does something with his hands. So, O'Neill was on the player's side for Armagh. Uh, but I thought Michael Murphy probably got away with a some sort of a push or or some sort of a contribution to the melee that was pretty obvious. It's hard to miss Michael Murphy. So, I was wondering, did Donegal not appeal for fear that they might lose Murphy? Well... Donegal should have appealed, because all the Armagh lads got off, as you said. O'Neill, we heard last week, got off. That was the big news. But Aidan Nugent has been one of their stars of the league. Um, Scored 1-6 the last day against Donegal, has been playing as a kind of corner forward, dropping deep, adding a couple of points every game. And as James made the point in the pod this week, you're struggling to see where Armagh are going to get the scores from. Especially when players like Roy Grugan are, are supposedly injured. Andrew... Mernon, who had a massive year last year and over the last couple of years whenever he's played, is also injured. He's a big marquee footballer. Kieran Mackin, who also got a suspension overturned, is also injured. So he's going to be missing. But Soupy Campbell, another guy you could rely on to come off the bench and kick three points, is uh, is back for Armagh. For me, that slightly swings the pendulum back in their favor. So I don't know if I'm officially allowed to change my prediction here. Not that my predictions matter. It's James and Paddy is why people listen to the pod but um, I think I'd be changing. I don't know what I asked James last night, he didn't tell me whether or not he the, was The uh, humility is changing. so admirable. Thank you Owen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the practice. Practice. Uh, all the practice and all the bars that Tommy has been propping up in GA clubs the length and breadth of the country ah, it's
2: not me it's not me it's <laughs> yeah, the lads yeah. honestly it's the lads, it's the lads. What, exactly what sort of hit rate do you think people have with, with appealing these things it feels like that the only way to the, the best way to get off and the only way to get off a, a ban from a GA match is just to appeal it and there is a very well, very high chance of you being successful in that appeal
0: let's let's count up the hit rate here right uh, we had Ozzy Gleason Waterford didn't appeal The two Donegal boys They didn't appeal So those three red cards stood The other red cards That I can remember Over the last couple of weeks Sean Carabine from Sligo Appealed He got off Keith Byrne from Leitrim Appealed three times Didn't get off Now what happened in that game Is there wasn't enough Video footage To prove it either way That was the problem In the Division 4 game That's the reason Why they couldn't get that off Apparently There wasn't enough Video footage And that red card Had been called From an umpire The far end of the pitch Who supposedly Had seen an off the ball strike I couldn't find out from either Sligo lads or the Leitrim lads what happened in that game. But the reason that fell, that appeal fell, that Leitrim couldn't get their second most, the, the second highest score in the country off, was that there was no video evidence to do so. So we had loads of cameras on the Arma appeal. So, you know, I don't know I don't know how on earth they got him off, but they got him off. And, uh, you know, Conor McKenna, you'd be expecting Owen that he's going to get off too. Um, because Joe McQuinnon picked him out of that row as he was getting... Raked on the ground, and uh, two Fermanagh boys having to go at him. So it's a pretty high rate. Mm.
3: Uh, you guys were saying. Uh, I, I thought that I actually think it's wrong. You're saying the referee in the field shouldn't make the decision; they should leave it to the aftermath. I you can't that do well, that. Yeah. You, you can't. You've got it. Even, get, at, even st- at the end of the game, Jim? yeah, exactly. Because the referee's assessor is assessing the referee on his performance in the moment. They're not assessing his performance. Oh, you didn't give that suspension, but they were given it afterwards. You
2: get bonus points for that. And like, what if the game goes to extra time? Right? Do you know, it, it affects it in game as well. It's not just about the suspension. What if it happens? 30 minutes into the game, 50 minutes into the game. There's still a significant amount of time within that game that the punishment should be The
0: rules have to be the same in the last five
2: minutes as they are in the first five minutes. Otherwise, what's the point in the rules?
0: I want to put it to you this way. Mm-hmm. Would it have been better if the brawl, the brawl back in 1996 was dealt with at the end of the game? Five minutes in. I mean, was that, no. You know, everyone's no, hopping off. It's going to send their,
2: everybody off. That the, prob- the problem there was just a very, very bad decision. Like, it's a bad human Decision that like i mean are, are we suddenly saying don't make the human decision because you're making a bad human decision? I appreciate that it's hard, but the referee still has to make a decision when something like that happens, mm. like I think in ninety six of imagine. course it would have been better if they'd sent nobody off because what they ended up doing was was terrible, but that was a very specific <laughs> incident where the, it was a terrible outcome <laughs> imagine to this day it was like. This, this, this pitch
3: battle where like a hundred people are involved and no one was sent off. <laughs> <laughs> the post would be but, and
0: not one of them was sent off. It would have been better than. But afterwards, though, if you went back, fair. if you if you went back afterwards and you you banned those boys and if the Mayo were of weren't
3: so flaky, if Mayo weren't so flaky, it wouldn't have mattered that they sent off different players with different oh. talents. But that's, that's what happens well, you, you lose McHale and you're,
2: you're flaky as a result of that I would say No,
3: no, no It's it's
2: an inbuilt cultural
3: thing that they have been trying to shake off before and since but They'd only lost 89 at that point
0: Well, uh, It wasn't fair It like, was a good 60 years all, It's
3: 100
2: years now There wasn't many finals
3: yeah. uh, Sorry, no. go on Tommy No, no, no It's, it's alright But like yeah, Let's relitigate no, you're, you're right. the, Let's re- relitigate 96 <laughs> yeah.
0: It's- I just think I just think maybe maybe when it's an incident like this, now the pros, they're absolutely horrendous. It's pathetic. I don't know why they keep happening. I hate the headlocks. I was delighted that there was players sent off for headlocks the last day. There shouldn't be striking going on on a football pitch. Do you know, fair enough, hard hits, whatever you want. But the Millees are just pathetic. They are pathetic. So I would I would like to see them got rid of. But just the McKenna right here the other day it just didn't make sense. He was trying to protect his teammate who was getting it baiting, do you know and like you've got to you've together. got to allow for that in a way no you are, you're actually
3: in. you don't You you what you all on the you were you were you were uh, accidentally encouraging the law of the jungle which encourages the melee it, it absolutely oh. encourages the melee now you're right it, correctly diagnosed it's like not giving the ball up and um, uh, James who not an AFL fan it, it cannot raise higher in my estimation than he already was I thought but there he goes just that little casual dig to the AFL not a big fan of it like oh, come on James you, we need to say this right it's a uh, not a not a game full of skill. Um but I think that that's right, that would fix the whole thing and that would stop the that would mostly stop most of the brawls and the Malise, which are all of these kind of bullshit toxic masculinity nonsense.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I do think you have to allow for I don't think you should run fifty yards to get involved and protect your teammate. But if your teammate No, if it's one on one look after yourself man. Yeah, but if it's the nearest man in like No, would, no If it's one on one leave no, Let him look in. after himself It wasn't It was two on one it Well, was well one then Then one then, one then, one one. then,
3: what's going to happen Is the Fermanon lad's Latt. going to get sent off Because there's two of them but you can't Like can't it's, leave it's fairly a fella obvious
0: You can't leave a fella get kicked And get knees in the back And get Red again. card, red
3: card He's Game over m- Move on Come on They they train all year To take a few A few little digs It'd be grand No They'd be grand I don't think You can allow Well now McKenna's going to be out For the next game Because of this Because of this macho bullshit well he should be
0: he but should be not. by the rules uh, he's, No he's not because he, he didn't do anything <laughs> he didn't do anything
2: McKenna, McKenna was screwed over I, I feel as well to be honest on, on Saturday I, I like I mean Okay yeah. I know perhaps, I in Thrones, instance,
3: perhaps in this one instance perhaps in this one instance Anyway w- uh, the, the games this weekend which we haven't even talked about Mayo Galway last week definitely felt like the order of we're getting some uh, main courses here uh, Mayo Galway mm. right 4 o'clock We shouldn't read anything into the league final
0: from Mayo's perspective no, I agree I agree I think Jer, and I think I, I'd imagine you're of a similar thinking here if Mayo aren't operating at 110% if they aren't you know um, flying on chaos they're not there like there's no point looking at them
3: Galway have been a bit of kryptonite for them not fully but certainly uh, Galway have not been a pushover for them generally maybe with the exception of last year in the second half that game was in
2: Croker, right? Yeah, it was, because yeah. of the wide spaces and you could have social distancing and you could get 20,000 people in there or whatever okay, it was. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, Tommy, you had a really good point on the podcast yesterday. Um, I mean, that's wonderful. Well, what's, uh, like, I mean, confidence going. Uh, about 2020, I'd completely forgotten about the closeness of the match between Mayo and Galway in 2020 and how, how Galway 100% would have been in an All-Ireland final. Yeah. Uh, and, like, we can't forget that they'd been absolutely hockeyed by Mayo just a couple of weeks before that yeah. and they'd still yeah. come so close like that first of all backs up your point about the league final not mattering but also that Galway still have a core of players that mice in an ultimate universe that isn't too far away from reality could have been in an All-Ireland final
0: yeah I I, I think we're sleeping on not. Galway let us down last year Owen, I think we can all agree in the semi-final or in the final last year last second half there was six points up on like a point a, of information, fact-
3: their best player was taken out of the game illegally, and Mayo didn't have the man sent off who should have been sent off first. Like Ahora should have been yeah. sent off, right? For the for the slam, yeah. Like it's 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 an illegal move, Pro-
1: probably. And the yeah. impact, the impact it ended like, no.
3: it ended Goa's best player season. Like it, it you know, it passed yeah. off because he ended up man of the match uh, in the semi final and gave a, a brilliant post match speech. And like, it's an unbelievably likable character, but like. He did take out the best player in the opposition, and you know, and two, Go- three to four points was the scoreline at that point. Galway acquiesced. Galway were like, "Oh yeah, that's fine. You can do that to us. That's fine."
0: They mm-hmm. did, and they lost Rob Finerty in that first half, um, and they ended up bringing on a defensive wing forward, and I think it kind of changed their shape a lot as well in that game. Um, and I think Galway's depth, even though, uh, like, um, we're going to talk about it in the pod next week, there's a squad of about twenty-six intercounty footballers in Galway that aren't actually playing. A poor choice at the minute, whether they've been dropped or they've stepped away for different reasons. So what he's been able to develop, to develop, like the amount of players that he's got there, and he did find a couple of gems during the league, is very impressive. There was a lot of footballers in goal, a lot of decent footballers, a lot of good footballers, and players like Shane Walsh who can turn it on. Shane Walsh is not afraid of turning it on the big days. As Owen mentioned in 2020, kick seven points of goal is 13. He just lacked those around him standing up that day. Was Conor injured you that remember, day? I don't think um, was no, he was fit in 2020. Wasn't, he wasn't fit. I think you're right. I don't think he was fully fit. He kicked a couple of points that day but he is flying now. Right. Do you remember Owen McLaughlin's black card that day as Galway we were bearing down and going on an injury time? Very, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about it as well. So I actually do think that this is going to be a very, very close game. If Mayo lose it I wouldn't rule them out of, of competing this year again because they're always going to be there and thereabouts. Oh no. If Galway win. It, goal Galway win, it really solidifies himself. It could easily um, suit
3: Mayo for whatever bullshit reason to go through a backdoor. It's much harder backdoor this year, obviously, than, than previous seasons. There's yeah. none of the uh, cannon fodder in the early rounds. But at the same time, a little bit of off-Broadway sometimes and the calls and all that crap that seems to uh, stir yeah. the soul.
2: Were you going to make one point on that? But I was just going to say all four teams in the, the big games this weekend are probably going to be quarter-finalists anyway. Mm. Probably, unless I mean, no, it's like a, a heavyweight backdoor clash.
3: Yeah, they could easily meet each other. That, that, that's the bit you're, you're leaving yourself open to chance or hot balls, which I suppose uh, can fix that issue. Four minutes past eight this morning. Uh, Tyrone won the All Ireland because of Mayo. End of story, says Dave. Calls Danny Mac says everyone wins the All Ireland because of Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> Noel Kyle says the GA disciplinary system is a disgrace. It allows thuggery to continue. It does. It does certainly make you think. Well, there's no point. There's no fear of a red card beyond the last fifteen twenty minutes when my team will have to do without me. I'm going to get this back on the on the other side, and I don't even know if that does anything. If you get another red card, does it double? It doesn't because that whole thing is expunged from your record. You're like free to go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm
0: not even I'm not even sure. Dear. Like the, the one that stood out to me always was the the woodpecker punches from Dear McConnellly and Lee Keegan in Crow Park with eighty thousand people watching, um, cameras on it, all caught. And he gets off 18 hours before the game. I think he gets off in the third appeal. And he ends up playing, I think, in the second half. Or does he start the next day in the replay? That's the one that always out to me. It was like, oh, my God, you can get away with anything. Uh, okay.
2: Great GA names. Uh, Tommy, you were talking about um, Josh Largo-Ellis on the podcast yesterday. Just got me thinking while I was driving up from Kerry. Mm. What, are, what are the greatest GA names ever? So just a very quick countdown of the top eight. Just an arbitrary number of the, the greatest ever. Names that have taken to a, a ga pitch. In uh, at number eight, kicking us off is Barney Rock. Doesn't get enough credit for his name. Gets credit for you know winning in All Ireland. Gets credit for his son being one of the greatest free takers of all time. I do have to also point out that at the time when Barney Rock was playing, one of the all-time
3: great uh, uh, cartoons had a, a a character called Barney Rubble, and yes. he was like, I mean, it was world famous to the point of like Simpsons-esque fame, the, and just kind of you know out there and here comes Barney Rock and Barney Rubble at the same time it's like an underappreciated underrepresented part of his
2: ability to be the best footballer in the country for a couple of seasons while that was happening 100% 100% doesn't get enough credit for it so he's in at number 8 number 7 is uh, Hubert Darcy the Paul Pierce's Pearces yes. and Common cult hero I actually don't know if he's a cult hero but his name is Hubert Darcy so he absolutely has to be a cult hero like in that Connacht Club final earlier this year when their goalkeeper got black carded Hubert went in goals it's such a classic Hubert thing to do like I don't know him at all but just absolutely if your name is Hubert you have to be doing stuff like that West of the Shannon they like to call him U- Number six is uh, Mitch Jordan, who played with the Wexford Hurlers for 13 seasons. Has Bruce Willis played a character in recent years called Mitch Jordan? I'm not not one to to suggest he hasn't. Number five is Chris Cross, uh, a star of the Toronto Hurlers (laughs) over the last little while, a stalwart of the Nicky Rackard Cup. Number four is uh, Stuart Mackenzie smith Great name. An international man of mystery. Lined out for Kildare before lining out for London. Just had to do it. Had to go international with a name like that. Number three is Josh Largo-Ellis. I'm putting him in here at number three. Just such a great name. Doesn't need to do anything in his senior intercounty county career. The goal he banged in against Toronto at the weekend. Completely unnecessary. If your name is Josh Largo-Ellis, your legacy is already in cement. He can win 10 All-Irelands and it's not going to change his legacy one bit. Number two is Bill Sex. Kildare's finest, captained UCD to Sigurds and Glory in 1985, and a little bit unlucky not to be in at number one, to be honest, but we were a mature show here, so we're not going to put him in there. Number one, the greatest name ever, is Andrew Latouche Cosgrave. Just the best. The member of the Limerick extended panel in 2018, and I would say it will be a failing of John Kiley's tenure if he doesn't manage to get... Game time into Andrew Latouche, Cosgrave in an All-Ireland final at some point over the next little while. They're going to win like 12 All-Irelands anyway. They may as well shoehorn him in and just make this thing perfect.
3: Off the bench for the last five minutes to wrap over three or four points. Everybody wonders, what's the story here?
2: Exactly, exactly. We need need more of him. And a fantastic underage player. A very, very good senior, obviously, if he was part of the, the extended panel a couple of years ago as well. So he's got the skills as well as the name. Tommy you're the hardest working man in show business obviously the uh, football pod is
3: out generally of a Tuesday morning at 6am but now for your delectation of a Sunday evening before the Mm -hmm. Sunday game comes on the agenda's already set what's happening?
0: G.A. Late Night is happening boys sexy I was was delighted that (laughs) Joe Malloy jumped in thankfully yes Jerry, it does get a little bit raunchy with Di Regan on with me, but uh, Joe Malloy jumped in for a chat the last night. I was I was looking; the colours were very shy. It wasn't like League of Ireland late night, but I do have a clip here just to give you a, an example. We got five or six colours in; the quality was really high. But we're looking for a few more next Sunday night. So, Galway fans, Mayo fans, Donegal, Armagh, Antrim, Cavan, whatever you're having, the hurling, Clare fans, you have a chance. Let's have a listen to Aidan Foley, uh, who jumped in towards the end of the chat last night to talk a bit of hurling with myself and Di. Aaron Foley, you're welcome to G.A. Late Night. Do you want to have a word before we wrap up here tonight on the first edition of the show?
1: How are Enjoying doing, lads? Enjoying, the, Evening, enjoying the show here tonight. It's very good. It's very good now. It's uh, nice to have the Hurling back. I said about your favourite Walford Hurler. Um, yes. I would think this year, um, a man Patrick Hearn. I would think is going to have a huge, huge influence for uh, the Walford senior Hurling team this year. I've, know, I've known the chap for years and I think he's been a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. Do you know? This man has got man in the match in minor all-Ireland finals, 21 all-Ireland finals, and I think he's 26 now. He's re- he looks physically ready to go. He got four points today from play from wing forward, and I think he is going to be a massive addition to what Waterford are going to do this year. Do you think you're now ready? Do you think you're ready? Could you take Limerick? If you get to All Ireland stage, is it there? Is the depth there? Is the belief there? For them, I absolutely. I, I'm, I'm actually a Wexford man myself now, but uh, from, from from watching Hurling and, and, and knowing a bit about Waterford, you know, to list off subs of Irla Daly, Jamie Barn, Austin Gleason, Porig Manny, Shane Bennis, none of these fellas started today. I absolutely think Waterford are here, they're ready, and I think they're, they're not too far off when All Ireland now doubt yet.
0: GA Late Night with Tommy Rooney. What time's it at? Half eight to half nine on a Sunday night. Yeah. Now, yeah, we're going to leave it at that. I have to say, the Cork fans were incredibly quiet last week. It was disappointing. They were bullied by Limerick. We were looking for them to come on. They're all out in their droves today with your names on YouTube. Um, oh, and they're complaining that Sathantaw Halpin isn't in your best GA names. They're complaining that Christy Ring isn't in there. And they're complaining that Jerry and Ben O'Connor weren't in there. Where were you Sunday night, lads? Yeah. Uh, well, they'll get an opportunity. There's a few more weeks
3: for their misery yeah, to tough. unfold. It's the Manchester United fans' misery that we're talking about um, for the rest of the hour. Tommy, you've done a good job. Thanks very much.
0: Thanks, guys. And just a reminder that for the Twitter spaces, all you've got to do is join, listen in and request to speak. I didn't explain that earlier on, but that's all you have to do to chat and we can add you into the queue. Lads, thanks a million. David Moyes
3: is up next uh, in the break. You're going to hear from James who talking about the one player he'd love to be heading into this weekend, the one player he would love to be Heading into this weekend, you can listen to episode 13 of the Football Pod right now on podcast. It's in the OTB GAA feed. Uh, just search the Football Pod. Uh, it's brought to you in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out the hashtag, the toughest, for more.
1: OTB
2: AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.